Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... I, I tend to think, Zach, that I'm at least a, I, I kind of have an idea of what's happening within tennis matches most of the time. You've won three return points, and it's two all in the second. You'd won three return points, and everything just had just seemed like just going the opposite way. And then all of a sudden, you win four straight games, and it feels like this match has just suddenly erupted in its split sets. What happened in that little four-game stretch that allowed you to be in rhythm and doing what you want to do? Yeah, um, well, I mean, in the first set, I thought Ben played lights out, like, too good from him, 6-2. And I was nervous. I was getting a little bit tight, hitting a yeah. little bit softer, double faulting quite a bit. I, I was going for my serve. Yeah. And usually when I'm on, I like to go for my serve, but I knew in the second... I'm going to have to change something up, like try spinning my serve in, so try not to hit second serves, and also try to put more pace on the ball because obviously Ben hits big. He's a big player. And so I thought doing that, and I feel like that was the momentum switch and the change how I got that second set. Yeah, it also felt like that first service game of yours in the, in the second, I, I think there was a deuce. You didn't face a break chance, but it felt like that could have, because it was two double faults, I believe, in that service yeah. game as well. Could have gone the other way. What what were you telling yourself in those moments? Yeah, no, I was, I, I just told myself, just keep, you know, going after it at times. You know, don't hit too soft, because you saw what happened in the first <laughs> set. Yeah. And, um, yeah, still with two double faults. But I tried to get my first serve in. I think that was the two things, getting my first serve in 
and also winning that first game because mm-hmm. the first game is so important. Yeah. You and I, when we talked yesterday, we talked about the idea of you were, you were tight in some of the – when you were trying to close things out. And today I was incredibly impressed by your composure through the third set. There were multiple times you faced a break chance, a couple of deuce games mixed in there. What changed – uh, so that today you were just so incredibly solid down the stretch. Yeah, no, I think my attitude too. Like I told myself in this finals, like I'm gonna try to throw in a few more come ons and yeah. a little bit positive self talk, and I feel like that honestly helped a lot, especially with the crowd too. You know, get the crowd going, and because yeah. in the first set, like it was just too good from Ben, but I, I wasn't playing my best, and so I, I had to like get up my energy a little bit and emotions and just everything. What do you, what do you learn from a week like this? <sighs> I know it's really early to, I mean, you're literally just coming off court, but what, what have you learned uh, about yourself, about challenger tennis? What have you learned this week? Oh man, never give up. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been out first round. I could have been out second round one, five in the third. Right. And there's been times where I just kind of space out and be okay, too good, mm-hmm. you know, but here, and obviously other tournaments too, but I just told myself don't give up and just see what happens. And, you know, <laughs> good result here. But, no, I mean, I feel like it's just the beginning and I got to keep playing my right game to where I want to be at the top. You're you're obviously a very quiet, um, uh, shy young man, and that's uh, <laughs> it's pretty rare in this game, to be right. perfectly honest. Um, how much do you think you're starting to come out of your shell a little bit. I, I've noticed, you know, just seeing you interact with the other players, you and I, this is really the first time we've had conversations in three years uh, as well, but it, it feels like that's just part of the maturation process. Are, is that something you're trying to work with as well in, in terms of just getting a little bit more outgoing? Yeah, for sure. No, I think, especially in my matches, let's try to throw in a few more come-ons, even in first rounds, not just finals or the big, you know, like even in the first rounds, try throwing come-ons and energy and everything. So I'll keep learning and trying to do my best. But no, yeah, I definitely think talking more, doing more interviews. I'm definitely coming out of my shell a little <laughs> bit more. Yeah. Um, big picture, this is this is pretty important. I You know, I checked the live rankings this morning, and I think uh, 255 is where you'll be after this, and that puts you right on the verge of uh, Aussie Open qualifying. Right. Um, what let's let's take it back seven or eight days what were kind of the goals and the processes you wanted to get through through the end of this year as you start preparing for 2023 and how much has this week helped you accomplish them yeah now I told myself before this tournament like uh coming in that I want to be top 250 240 by the end of the year so I could play Australia qualies Mm -hmm. and if it's anything higher great but that's my main goal to get up there and I thought it was doable and I thought just like, okay, quarters, a couple (laughs) (laughs) challengers and semis, hopefully one here and there, but I wasn't expecting to win the tournament. So, I mean, that definitely helps a lot, but, you know, can't stop here. I got to keep going the next four tournaments or five for the rest (laughs) of the year. I still have a couple of uh, points to defend in a couple of weeks. So, yeah. It's it's amazing to me, Zach. I, I, um, I, I, I say this all the time on the stream, sometimes when you are just up against the wall, you said it during your presentation, uh, you're 5-1 you're down, you're, you're thinking you're just heading to the next tournament. And then just this incredible run that you had, straight set wins in quarters and the semis, and then this one, this come from behind victory. I, I guess what, is, what does that say about who you are as a person that you're just able to just kind of relax, stay cool, stay composed, and just find your way through? 
Yeah, no, I feel like I'm always humble out there. I could be playing really bad, lose, and I won't ever break a racket or get mad or yell or argue with an umpire. I just see, for me, obviously, I, I see just no point of doing that and just wasting your, you know, emotions on it and just try to focus on the next point, you know, because there's always the next point and there's always the next tournament if you lose. So I always try to keep that in me. But yeah, it's very clear that that has been a big part of your game. Um, I do want to just ask about kind of this big picture um, thing in terms of your development. Some you and I talked about a little bit on stream. Um, just this idea of maturing on your in your own time. Um, I think I think the general idea. Ben's obviously had this incredible run over the summer, and so there's this lofty expectation for him very quickly. You have kind of had to deal with that as well, and it's taking you a little bit more time just because you were on the scene a little bit earlier, right, right at 16. Um, how how did you contend with that at 16, 17 in terms of um, setting your own expectations versus others' expectations? And I guess where where are you in with regard to what you want in terms of your long-term goals right now? Yeah, no, this is a good topic I feel like to talk about when I was... 16 and all the hype at US Open and everything I actually had really high expectations coming into these challengers when I was 16 17 like gosh I gotta win this you know I was so close winning at US Open and it, I just felt like it was just dragging me down and there was times where I wasn't motivated motivated to play I almost thought about quitting actually at 18 because it was just too tough going back down to the futures yeah. and but I told myself because the last couple months I started to been playing better obviously and I just told myself like you don't need to have high expectations you know you're still 19 and Ben actually told me before this match like you know we're both the youngest people here and there's no reason to get tight and you know no like uh, high expectations you know just keep it low and just see how it goes and so I'm now the last couple months I really started to learn that and I gotta you know take that are you are you where you want to be right now? Yeah, I mean, I think so, yeah. With all the ups and downs, there's still obviously much more to improve on and off the court. But, yeah, if I just feel like I keep having that good mindset in myself, I feel like I can move up. Yeah. Two last questions for yes. you. You are the first American teenager to win a challenger since Brandon Nakashima. Uh. Um I, that I'm sure has some special significance for you. Um, I, I also think back as well to Taylor Fritz winning two challengers during this NorCal stretch back in, I believe, is 2015 when he won Fairfield in Sacramento. Um, you guys in San Diego have really certainly developed something special in that area. And what, what, what does that mean, that significance of having kind of following in that lineage of those two guys who are not very far in front of you? Right. No, it's awesome to see... Um, that just like um, the results coming and uh, you know I don't think it's a big difference to be honest like the top 100 to challengers like I don't see a big difference you know it's about putting the matches in together in these close you know semis and finals because that's really where your ranking starts to move up but no it's awesome to see that from San Diego and um, you know obviously I'm happy here but it's um, more more to come. I can't just be, all right, I'm good for the rest of the year. I got to keep it going, you know. Well, that being said, uh, my, my last question for you, um, you will be playing on Tuesday. Um, right. <laughs> two days, you get one day off. Um, and against, it's going to be against a qualifier or a lucky loser in your first round, so you don't know who it is yet. But 
it does allow you to have a night tonight where you're going to be able to celebrate and, and relish what this means to you. What's what does that look like for you tonight in terms of what you how you want to celebrate um, a big challenger title? Yeah, I mean, obviously nothing too crazy. <laughs> I'm not a big partier, but there is a good restaurant here called the Bungalow right on the water, okay. and I'll probably go with Kudla and his wife, yeah. and with Rick too, and probably gonna get a nice tomahawk steak <laughs> and yeah, just eat up. All right. Well, congratulations. Uh, this was incredibly well earned this week. Um, I, I got to be honest. When you, when you won, you looked absolutely shocked at how everything had happened. I found myself the exact same thing. I'm just like, the guy just has been persistent and just going after his shots more and more, and just rock solid today. And all the credit in the world to you. That composure you showed throughout the week has been phenomenal to watch. And well done. Thank you so much. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.